Donk, good to see you again. How are you? What's up, my friend? We're doing another episode. We're doing Dunkle Vision. Another episode. We this is a new season. This is season two of we got picked up for a second season, everyone. Second season, yes. And thank you for sticking around this time. It is appreciated. Absolutely. We got we're we're excited for another a season of Dunkle Vision with more fantastic guests. Chris, you're doing an amazing job pulling in the guests. Oh my god, do you like clerks? How about Clerks 3? This guy was just in it. And of course, you know him from the show Comic Book Men. It's Ming Chen. Ming Chen, welcome to Dunkle Vision. How are you, sir? Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I am very, I'm doing great, and I'm very, very honored to be here. We're honored to have you, brother. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, yeah, you were mentioning the Bills. I am not in Buffalo, but I am from uh, Western New York. I'm in L.A. Where are you at, Where are you at today? Uh, I'm in New Jersey and uh, an avid football fan. Uh, I follow the Baltimore Ravens, but ah. you know, I, I, you know, you might be like me. Uh, you know, w- once you have a fancy football team, you're a fan of whoever's on your team. So, oh man, 1989 is when I started fantasy, <laughs> and uh, went against conventional wisdom and uh, chose Josh Allen as my first round pick. God bless you, sir. And uh, I, I hope he continues on his performance from the. From the last two weeks, oh. continues on uh, up and carry me into the, uh, the the finals. I hope he's been so good. I went to opening night here in L.A. I took my uh, nine year old son and about seven buddies, seven or eight buddies from home. My brother, my nephew is amazing. Yeah, say what you want. If you uh, you know if you don't like sports, you should start because it's just fun. It's just fun. It really is. They're the human drama, you know, people that, that don't get into it are missing out on a lot, I think. And, uh, and fantasy, dude, it's people think it's stupid, but it's just fun. That's all it is. Yeah, and I try to tell people, you can be a nerd and like sports, too. Or you can be a nerd for sports, too. It's like, it's not one or the other. It's great, yeah. It's very fitting we have you here today, man, because I, I didn't know you were in the sports. I thought, like, you're... You know, you're you're like a, a dork icon, which is why we have you on dorkdaily.com. And I'm like, oh, okay, because I, I I feel like you guys are talking to me directly because I'm not a sports guy. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, baseball, football, uh, and hockey probably probably the primary three. Um, but I find uh, it, it's the passion I have for sports is very similar to the passion I have for toys and comic books. It's um, I think in the end. It's, uh, you know, getting involved in something where other people have the same amount of passion and then you can all congregate over a drink or whatever or or at a bar or at a Comic-Con or whatever and share that passion with other people. I think in the end, that's all. That's what it's all about. It's human connection, Chris. Get in here. Come on. Hey, we'll get you, you a jersey. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Maybe. It's very simple. Throw the ball, catch the ball, run the ball. That's pretty much it. It's very simple. Next time Dunkson's in town, we'll on the East Coast, we'll all go to a game. How's that sound? That sounds great. I mean, whether you're into it or not, um, you know, I, I in the end, the food, my friend. There's always food yes. at these things. There so you go. There's you always an angle for you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. We'll get we'll get there you we we'll get you in there uh, sooner or later for sure. We're marking it down, man. We're going to make that happen. Hey, we really do appreciate you you talking to us today. We like to ask everybody right up top, like, what what is your origin story? When did you know that you (laughs) wanted to to get involved in this uh, weird business? I I love the origin stories because, uh, you know, with every great comic book character, uh, eventually they get a pretty good origin story. Right. uh, Whether they're uh, blasted from their their dying planet of Krypton, bitten by a radioactive spider, 
um, you know, thrown into a, a vat of, uh, of, of um, toxic waste. Uh, it's always about the origin story. Mine, you know, I, I wasn't thrown into a vat of toxic waste, uh, thankfully. But, but you look fantastic um, if you had. Thank you. Thank you. But uh, I, I mean, I feel my story is pretty unique. Uh, I, I, you know, the reason I got to where I got to uh, was simply because I was a big fan of, of something. And uh, in my case, it was Kevin Smith and the movie Clerks. Movie Clerks came out in 94, uh, independent movie, hit all the indie theaters. Uh, I, I saw it, though, about a year later when it came into the video store I was working in. It came in in a shipment, and I remember opening the box. I was like, oh, Clerks, I heard about this movie. It's made by some dude in New Jersey. Uh, he didn't have a bunch of money, so he filmed it in black and white. And uh, I remember somebody told me it was funny. So, you know, that that alone, if it's funny, I'll watch it. And I was like, huh, well, I'm not doing anything tonight. I think I'm going to watch this. And um, I was supposed to be checking it into the system and putting it up on the shelf so we can make money <laughs> off of it. But I was like, you know what? A, a day's not going to kill kill the store. I'm going to take this home. I remember I took it home and I watched it with my brother who who had nothing else to do that night. And I remember watching with him. We're we're dying. We're like, what, what, what is this movie? It's like, all right, it's black and white. It's really, it's really grainy. It's definitely an independent movie. But man, this dialogue, like, holy crap, these characters are talking like me and my friends talk. Yeah, I was like, holy crap, it, is there a scene in this movie about changing toilets on the Death Star? Like, who, this guy, this Kevin Smith guy, could be my friend. Yeah. You know, like, and if he, you know, even though he isn't. I, I want to be friends with him now because his, his dialogue is brilliant. Yeah, I really I really got into this movie and it it really stuck with me as something that I never seen before. You know, as, as as a kind of a movie freak, you're always looking for movies that you can quote. And uh, Clerks is definitely one of those movies where like almost every single line in the movie is a is a quotable um, in some form or the other. So I really became. Uh, I almost, it was almost like I discovered a new comic book or something. It was, uh, I was like, holy crap. Right. This is like something cool. This is something new. Coincidentally, at the same time, uh, about this time in 1995, uh, I was learning how to build websites. Um, this is really, really early on. This was, uh, wow. I had no idea what a computer was at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had, you know, some pretty rudimentary web browsers and, yeah. you know, like kind of, you know, uh, buying stuff on the internet was kind of his, at his infancy. But um, and this is pre Facebook, Google, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, like none of these existed. So it's pretty, it's pretty early on. So I, I kind of combined the two. I, I, I needed, a, I needed a way to channel my fandom, and I was like, why don't I build? I should build like a fan website, just you know, just as an outlet for my fandom. I was also looking for other fans of Clerks. Uh, you know, I, I, I had nobody else to talk to about it. I tried to get my friends to watch it, and I remember it was like, "Oh man, you gotta check out this movie, Clerks, man! Really funny." And they're like, "Well, what's what's it about?" And I was like, "It's, it's about two dudes who work in a convenience store." And they're like, "Okay, and I'm like, well, I don't know. There are a couple of stoners out front too. They're, they, you know, one talks, one doesn't." And they're like, "That's it. Does anything else happen?" I'm like, well, "That's not really about that. It's about the dialogue, and uh, you know, one guy doesn't know what he wants to do with his life, and you know, all this funny stuff happens." And they're like, "You know what?" I, Thanks, but no thanks. And uh, they wouldn't watch it with me. And, you know, they're kind of like, what is this? Some kind of in, you know, like indie French new wave art movie. I'm like, no, it's a New Jersey Close. independent movie. Some guy in New Jersey. And, and they, they didn't want to watch it. And to be fair, it was 1994, which was, you know, it, it, which would have given them the choice between like Pulp Fiction or Clerks. 
or Stargate and Clerks, Forrest Gump and Clerks. And, you know, presenting with that choice, I don't, you know, I don't really blame them if they wanted to go see Shawshank Redemption instead of Clerks. So, but I really, I was really just looking for uh, other fans. So that was part of the reason I built this fan website as well as trying to look for other fans. And uh, I remember I threw my email address on the bottom. like, hey, hit me up if you've seen this movie. Or, you know, obviously you were looking for this on a, on a search. Hit me up. I'm looking for other fans. And um, uh, yeah, lo and behold, people started emailing me and we started talking about specific scenes. And it was cool. They were from around the world. And it, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool cultivation of uh, fandom. Um, until one day the ultimate clerks fan hit me up and uh kevin kevin smith had stumbled across this fan site um he was at one of those internet cafes when those existed back in the 90s oh wow and uh he saw it and uh, i remember he contacted me and um yeah i i was like wait he, he sent you an email or he just happened to to catch wind of this he had somebody working with him send an email and outline he was like listen this is real like this isn't a joke Kevin saw it. Can you call this number tomorrow? And I looked, it was a 908 area code, which I was like, oh, that's New Jersey. So this could be legit. Right. But then I started, you know, you, you start racing through scenarios in your head. It's like, what, what does he want to talk to me about? Um, and immediately you go to the the, the most negative thing you can think of. It's going to sue me. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I had taken, I had violated, uh, you, know, uh, you know, in this country, they have a thing called copyright. Because I had taken, I had ripped off, you know, I took scenes from the movie. I threw them up online, took photos, like all this stuff that, you know, could pre- is copyrightable, I guess, yeah. in this country. But so me and my mind went to that. I was like, well, you know, maybe he's asking me to take it down. He's, you know, maybe a lawsuit. I don't know. Cease and desist, all this stuff. So but I was like, what the hell? I'll, I'll call him and see what he wants. Yeah, I remember he picked up the phone. I was like, hey, what's up? This means like, hey, man. I was like, okay, hey, man. That sounded really, he's in a good mood. That's good. Yeah, that's not litigious. It's not litigious speak. No, not usually. And, uh, you know, long story short, he said he saw what I did. He really, really liked it. I think his exact words was like, wow, it it looks like you put a magazine on a computer. Interesting. Yeah. And then not only that, but you put it in a way where everybody else could access it from around the world. Um, He thought it was really cool. He was like, hey, I, I really see something this is i think this internet thing's gonna be really big can you build more of these websites good call kevin yeah <laughs> hey this shit's gonna catch on yeah as i'm making more movies uh you know i have my production company i see this as a way to communicate with my fans as well um could you can you help me out you you look like you know what you're doing and and i was a yeah you know, i was a like a junior in college i was and all of a sudden i was talking to a, a guy who I thought, you know, was in the Hollywood Hills somewhere. Right. Running by bags of money. And, and uh, <laughs> um, you know, just, you know, that was my idea of Hollywood at the time. So uh, I, I, was, I was like, yeah, 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 I, I would love to help you out. He's like, okay, great. Give me your address. I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff right now. I'm like, okay. And I, I did. I remember the one big thing. The next day I hear a knock at my door and uh, there's a FedEx guy there with a box. It's got my name on it. I was like, holy crap. It's wow. got like overnighted stuff to me, which, yeah, I was in college. No one no one no one spent fedex money on me hey even your own parents weren't sending you stuff man no not via fedex no they you know book book rate from the united states postal service you know the cheapest way possible let us know when it gets there yeah but inside were uh eight by tens like real stills from uh, the movie mall rats and uh there were three by five black and white photos from clerks so these were like original copies and uh, he sent me a bunch of stuff that he wanted me to throw online, but they were, you know, they were original copies of uh, stuff from my favorite movies. Um, to me, it was as if George Lucas had sent me a lightsaber. It was like, yeah. here, this is laying around. I want you to have it. It was like, to me, it was that big. So 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. Kind of just took off from there. We built a pretty cool website. I think the coolest thing we did on this website, though, was uh, Kevin wanted some way to communicate with his fans. He uh, he still has an AOL email address for uh, you know anybody who remembers the discs that they used to send you in the mail. And back then, what was really big on AOL was the uh, they had chat rooms. Like people used to pick up dates uh, and hookups on chat rooms and uh, pick up chicks on AOL chat rooms back then. He's like, hey, man, can you build me like a, you know, like one of those AOL chat rooms on this website? And I'm like, you want to pick up chicks on your website? He's like, no, 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 no. I want to I want to talk to my fans. Like I want I want a way to communicate with them. There's really no easy way for me to do that. But um, I think you do that on the Internet. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me look into that. So uh, instead of a chat room, I, I built him. Basically, it was a it was a message board where mm. people could go and post questions to him online. He could come whenever he had time and, and actually go and answer them. And um, that was a pretty big thing back in 95, 96. Nobody famous was communicating yeah. directly with their fans without, you know, like a PR agent or or some like a handler or whatever. Sure. And uh, it was kind of the first time people could just ask anything. You know, what did you have for dinner last night? You know, or, or uh, anything as stupid as that to, uh, you know, what were you thinking when you wrote this scene or, you know, what was it like to film this scene or or you know, it's Ben Affleck, a cool guy. It was pretty cool. Um, so th- this message board I built, uh, actually, if you look back at it, it looks almost exactly like Reddit does now. So, uh-huh. yeah, I'm still waiting. We're still waiting for our Reddit checks. I don't think we're ever going to get them. So, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. So this message board actually, uh, you know, turned out to be a, into a, like a widespread fandom. Uh, we used to hold like all day in-person film festivals uh, based here in Kevin's hometown. And uh, that way, uh, all these people virtually could meet in person. A bunch of those people who met got married later on. Oh, no kidding. It was basically it was basically social media before social media existed. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. These all-day film festivals, uh, you know, you would show like Clerks, Marats, and Chasing Amy. But then after the movie ended, he would have like, uh, he would fly out cast members to do Q&A after. And then they would hang out outside and people could get pictures with them and autographs. So it was a really cool uh you know, fandom experience, which um, I really don't think other anybody else was really doing at the time. So I think it really. Yeah, and it's really groundbreaking. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, now anyone can go on Twitter and tweet at sure. Kevin or whatever. But, you know, this is 96. So it, it was probably a good 10 years before Twitter and, and social media really like existed. So, but uh, yeah, after I built that, yeah, eventually he ended up hiring me full time. So, uh, so I started working with Kevin launched his uh his first online store which is still going and then uh he got me into podcasting and uh podcasting a weird way got me onto tv yeah that's that's kind of uh the origin story it's a very weird um you know not your usual path where i guess you go to college get good grades yeah who needs that man we'll get a job and a forward (laughs) day and whatever you know that's the usual story i was like i I, yeah that's not really yeah, mine's kind of like this weird, <laughs> this very weird uh, uh, interdimensional path that I took, I guess. Yeah, but that's because you threw that out there, man. You threw that out there into the multiverse and just thought, I connected with this movie and took initiative and look what happened. Man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, that's just a lesson for any young person. Like if you're into something, take the initiative. I mean, you you really did something that had never really been done before. Yeah, really I just amazing. good timing and uh yeah, just good timing. I met the right people yeah. and uh but I think what yeah, what I tell kids is like whatever you like doing, what you're you're a fan of, uh keep doing it. You never know what'll happen. Follow your bliss. Yeah, is there weird stuff might happen? Uh you might end up working with the people you admire, helping them out. Um yeah, you never know. So Tell us about your first movie. 
that the first movie I ever got onto was uh, the movie Dogma. It was Kevin Kevin Smith's fourth movie with Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon, and uh, actually he threw he threw a bunch of other stars in there. A lot, I, a lot of people were in that. Chris Rock, uh, Alan Rickman. It's <laughs> like I'm in a movie with Alan Rickman, so <laughs> pretty funny. That was about maybe two years after I started working with him, and uh, one day he called me. He's like, "Hey, can you can you get the up to Pittsburgh in a, in two days?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like yeah, I'm shooting uh, dog. I want to throw you. I want to put you in it. I'm like, oh, cool. Amazing. I get to- it takes you two years to get your first movie role. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> like, cool. You know, I, I get to be in a movie with uh, you know Jane Silent Bob and, uh, yeah. and you know, a Kevin Smith movie. Like absolutely. So so what was what was that day like to get that call, man? Did did you just freak out? Yeah, I did because uh, you know, just as a big fan of of his movie, like I'd never been in a movie before. Um, you know, never even been on a set or anything. So. Uh, much less one of a guy whose work I really admired. So I was like, holy crap. Uh, I, I, I Two days, like, I'll come tomorrow if you want. He's like, no, 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 come in two days. That's I'm on my way. Yeah, I am. So uh, Pittsburgh was like a seven-hour drive. So I, I drove up there, and um, I, pull, I I got to where they wanted me to be at the the, the, the call time. And um, uh, it, it was weird. It was the set where they were shooting that day was – um. It was an abandoned strip club in downtown Pittsburgh. So not the and it was not in the nicest neighborhood, and uh, it was it's pretty weird. I yeah you know, I didn't I I I hadn't seen the script yet. I had no idea what what I was uh, in for. Here here's your outfit. You're playing a stripper. I hadn't seen Kevin, so uh, they were like, "Hey," uh, I was like, "What do you want me to wear?" I was like, "Can you bring a suit?" I was like, "Okay, that's cool. Yeah, whatever you want." <laughs> I bring a suit and I got up there and I was like, "Hey," and pasties and some pasties. Yeah, you're not far off though. So. <laughs> I, I was like, what, what, so what's, what's going on? What's, uh, what, what are we shooting? Are you, um, that's cool. You're just going to throw me in the background. I've never done this before. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. I got, I got plans for you. So, um, yeah, the, the, the setup was, uh, there should have seen it's taking place in a strip club. Uh, he's like, I'm going to put you next to me and Jay as Jay and Silent Bob. Basically, the, the scene is Salma Hayek's going to take, come in. She's playing a stripper. She's going to take her clothes off. And I want you to act like you're enjoying it. <laughs> what a challenge i don't know man i have to go to nero should i go completely method like you yeah. know what's my motivation here like I don't, I don't, but um yeah that yeah that was a scene i was like all right i think i can i think i can do this so um uh, for about a yeah about two days i, I sat in a in an abandoned strip club uh watching selma hike take her clothes off showbiz baby chris rocks behind me you know walking you know walking by uh, it was it was pretty cool. So you know, he introduced me to everybody, Kevin. So I, yeah, I got to meet Chris Rock and so cool. Salma Hayek and uh, Linda Fiorentino was in in the scene. Uh, met all the crew members. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. I got a very warm welcome on the set. The all the all the crew members were like, "Oh man, yeah, we we heard the website guy was coming was coming to town. Like it's <laughs> it's really cool to meet you." I was like, "Whoa, this is uh yeah." I, I just thought it was just kind of like this geek who sat behind a you know in a dim room with a computer light shining on my face. You may have been at one point. Now you're hanging with Selma Hayek. Yeah, it, it was kind of like the one of the first times I felt like you know being a geek like kind of paid off. I was like, "Well, we're getting respect here. <laughs> pretty cool." It's our time, baby. Yeah, and then I remember uh, the, you know the best part. I think two weeks later, I get this this letter in the mail, and I, I was like, "Holy crap! I got paid for this. I got like a check for <laughs> you know like a hundred bucks or something." I was like, "Wow, man, this is this is awesome! Like, how do I how do I do more of this?" So. Yeah, it was cool. I, uh, I remember going up before the movie got released. Uh, Kevin and uh, his, his producer were editing the movie, 
like, here, come on, check this out, check this out. And they showed me the scene. And I was like, whoa, man, this looks like, you know, it looks, you know, it looks like a real movie. Like <laughs> it's, it's shot on 35 millimeter film. And like, it's, it's, you know, like good colors and awesome sound. Like, it's like, whoa, this is cool. So yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, going to the movie, the, the first night it came out in uh, 2008, that was cool. And took all my friends and, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's just, the movies are fun, man. Yeah. Very cool, man. That's a great story. Now, tell us how you got involved with Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. Secrets stash. Am I saying that right or is that a typo? Oh, yeah. No, no, just like it sounds. Secret stash, which at one point when it, you know, when it opened in 1997, uh, you know, people are like, ooh, wow, how edgy. Like, it's a drug reference. You know, ooh, this is like, he's referencing weed. You know, weed's illegal. Like, this is really edgy. Now it's not really a big deal anymore <laughs> it's like weed's legal and and uh which is pretty funny but um yeah i think uh 1997 kevin decides to buy the local comic book store here in new jersey and um the uh yeah i'm uh opened up new year's day 1997 so i remember I, I think i went down the second day it was open and uh yeah i, I was walked i was like wow man you really did it you bought a comic book shop like this is this is this is pretty cool. Like you're living the geek's dream, where you go and you do something cool, and then you get enough money, and then you buy all the all the geek stuff you've ever wanted. <laughs> so like you go, you buy all the Star Wars toys you've ever wanted, right. you buy all the comic books you've you've ever wanted. But he took it one step forward. He actually bought a whole comic book store. I was like, oh. I was like, I was like, all right, I I liked you before, but now I love you even more because <laughs> like you did the one thing I would do. Like you know, if I got up to a level where I, I, you know, people threw a bunch, you know, it just got a, a pretty decent payday. Yeah. I would probably go and buy a comic book shop. And, uh, and he did, I think, you know, he had plans for, it. I don't know if he ever thought it would, it would be open over 20 years. Pretty sure he didn't think in any form that it would wind up on a reality TV show, you know, as, as, as a setting. When he bought it, it was already uh, in existence. It was a place where he used to buy comics. The guy who owned it was moving to Thailand or something. And he, he ended up selling it to Kevin so uh, I think the first year or so was just kind of transforming it into like his comic book shop. Uh, and then I think a year or two later, he ended up moving it to a better location. And then, you know, he was able to form it in, in the place that he always had in mind. Um, so it kind of blew up from there. And, uh, you know, it's pretty brilliant when, when, when you're Kevin Smith and you own a comic book shop, it gives you a place to do cool things. So uh, he would do signings there. That would kind of be the, the the home base where people would gather when we when we did an event. Um, it'd be where you would pick up your tickets for, <laughs> for those events, uh, and then yeah, every so often he would do you know let's like just a, just a big signing there. If he had a, a DVD coming out, he would do a signing. If he had a book coming out, he would do a signing. Uh, if he launched a new comic book, he would do a signing over there. I I, I think the weirdest event he had there, uh, he was um he was on the cast member of a uh, Degrassi, the next generation, the uh, Degrassi. <laughs> so that was kind of weird mishmash of Kevin Smith fans and like Degrassi teen, uh, teenage, like kids running around our town, uh, you know, trying to meet their, their favorite heartthrob uh-huh. from Degrassi. So, uh, and then, yeah, I, I think, that, I think it really got weird when I think one, one summer he just decided to do a signing and we're like, all right, this will be, you know, we'll be out of here in like two hours or something. And so many people showed up. He ended up signing for 13 and a half hours without stopping. So My God. <laughs> it was crazy. I think we started at like 1 p.m. and it went until like two in the morning. Wow. We didn't leave till the last person in line 
uh, showed up and got their stuff signed. So and that's why his fan base is so rabid, man. Yeah, man, yeah, because he'll he'll stay there, no breaks, and he'll talk to everybody as if uh, you were you were the first one in line. So it's very cool. It was it was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, never did I think the uh, the store would be the setting for uh, a reality TV show that I would end up on. But uh, when you do stuff with Kevin, like any anything can happen. Tell us about the beginning. Tell us about the uh, the infancy of that and how it started. So, uh, Comic Book Man started. Uh, I I first got wind of it in 2011. I got I remember getting a text from Kevin. He's like, hey, this is going to sound really weird, but uh, you know that Walking Dead channel, AMC? They want to do a reality show set in the comic book shop. I was like, whoa, man, that doesn't sound weird at all. It sounds really cool. That's a great backdrop. Um, you know, Obviously, they want you on it, so it's going to be, you know, you're, you're perfect. You're going to be great. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. They want me on it, but they want you on it, too, and the other three guys are working the storm. And I'm like, What? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, you know, they want you guys on it too. It's going to be about uh, the ins and outs in the comic book shop. And I'm like, who, what? I'm like, I'm not. You, know, you put me in your movies. Like, that's, you know, that's one thing, but this is like real TV. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really do this. He's like, yeah, I know it sounds weird, but just, just stay tuned. I think this is really going to happen. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I'm, I remember my first thought was like, all right. How much weed did he smoke? <laughs> and what strain is that? Because I want some. Because this sounded like just so weird and far-fetched. Yeah, I, I'm like, you really got, you must be really high. Like, you couldn't even make this up. But um, but yeah, lo and behold, I, you know, I just kind of progressed to the point where, um, you know, he's like, hey, next three days, you're going to send in a crew. They're going to shoot like a pilot episode for that TV show I was talking about. So just do whatever they want. Um and do your best. It's going to be, you know, this is it. Like if this works out, we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're all going to be on TV. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I didn't really think that much of it, but so that's the direction you had. Just do whatever they tell you and do your best. Yeah, Do whatever you tell, whatever you tell you and, and don't basically like, don't, you know, don't screw it up. Right. I was like, screw what up? I don't, I don't even know what this is really. What so, yeah. So, you know, so I, I still learned basically what they wanted to do was, was take the format of Pawn Stars the show about that takes place in the yeah. pawn shop in Vegas and do it in a comic book shop. And, um, you know, you know, for, and basically I was going to, I guess I was going to be the chumbly. Of my <laughs> comic shop. Like, all right. I guess I could, I guess I could do that. But I was, you know, I was pretty like, why in my hand I was like, why, why me like this? I'm not, I'm the guy who sits behind a computer. I, I, you know, I run websites and stuff. I'm not, you know, I, I'll do bit parts and movies, but I'm not, this isn't something that I've, you know, kind of worked for or right. ever thought about doing. Um, but uh, yeah, so the next three days they 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 kind of shot this pilot episode. I was like, oh okay, we're ripping off Pawn Stars, but it's with us. I was like, okay, this is this could this is kind of funny, I guess. But you know, it's still in the back of my head. It's like, who wants to watch you know four middle aged dudes <laughs> arguing about you know lightsabers and land speeders and death stars and flux capacitors yeah, and you found them then you comic book shop like no one's gonna watch this so i wasn't really you know i was like all right if this in a million years you know maybe it's like a one in a million shot of like make, going anywhere but you know it's kind of like whatever kevin wants you do it yeah and usually it works out and um yeah so yeah cut together this episode i remember watching i was like oh this is pretty this is pretty funny i guess this is this, this is pretty funny. This could work, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, a couple of months later, I, I get a call from Kevin. I was like, hey, they're going to do the show. I'm like, what? 
He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved it. They loved that pilot episode. Um, congratulations. You guys are going to be on TV. I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, later on that year, they, they sent an even bigger crew in there. We shot six hour long episodes. Yeah. All of a sudden they're like, I'm, I'm like, where, where, where's this going to air? They're like, well, they're going to air it right after the walking dead, uh, for their season two mid season premiere. I was like, Whoa, that's a pretty huge yeah, shot. Awesome. Like, you know, at that point walking dead had completely taken off. So I was like, even if like 1% of the people stayed and watched it, like that's a pretty good audience. So did you shoot all those at once? How, how long did it take you to do? Yeah, something? it. Uh, we shot in the uh, uh, the winter of 2011. So I think uh, six. I, I think it was like maybe two months. Okay. We shot for about two months, and uh, yeah, uh, shot in the fall winter of 2011. First episode premiered uh, February 12, 2012. So about ten years ago, and uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. The uh, the the taco place next to us. We're like, hey man, you got a big projector in here. You got food. Um, can we throw a party in here? And, uh, you know, we, we'd bought so many tacos from them. They're like, yeah, 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 dude, that'd be awesome. Invite whoever you want. Uh, I remember they, they emptied out the salsa bar and they filled it with ice and threw a bunch of beers in there. Nice. Like they really, I was like, wow, this is a cool party, man. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, uh, the, the support we got, it was, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's pretty cool having, you know, your friends and family in one place as like something you've worked on. Oh yeah. It's like a mass media format. So. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So, and, and if you if you kind of see the AMC playbook, uh, whatever show they think might hit, uh, season one is always about six episodes. It's kind of their trial run. So I think, uh, like Walking first season of Walking Dead's like six episodes. That's yeah, pretty basic now. Uh, first season of uh, you know a couple of their other shows started out at six episodes, and if it works, then they expand it from there. So, well, yeah, that's 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 how that happened. It was yeah, and pretty quickly. It was to me, it was pretty unexpected. And, um, you know, I, you know, all three of you know how hard it is to get anything noticed or anything launched or, you know, especially TV. Yeah. And you have it all in your lap, dude. It's amazing. It's yeah. Great. It's, you know, it's, it, you know, it is, it is kind of a one in a million chance, you know, people are trying to get TV, you know, writing, producing, Oh yeah. you know, you make a pilot and either, either they pick it up or they don't most of the time they don't. So yeah, I mean, I consider myself very lucky. It wasn't, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I, I didn't really have really have to act or anything. I'm playing myself. You know, our, our dynamic between the four of us is, you know, is not, you know, it's not scripted. It's not right. acting. It's, you know, it's pretty much, uh, you know, it's my idiot friends making fun of me, basically, if you watch the show. So, like, <laughs> right, I was going to say, yeah. you you do take uh, the brunt of a lot of jokes. Is that, is it all in good fun or is it just like. It is all in good fun. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sure you've been there. You know, both of you or and anybody watching or listening to this has that group of friends, and in that group of friends, you know, there's you know, those guys always complaining. This guy always maybe bails from everything or just makes really weird decisions. And then there's a guy that that you always make fun of. You know, you can't help it. Can't help himself. He's just a, you know whatever for whatever reason. The easy target. You have that one guy that everyone dumps on, and and that's me. And it's been me for a couple of reasons. Um. One, I was kind of the last guy hired, so I'm still kind of the new guy. Even though it was 20 years ago, right. I'm still the new guy. Still in packing order. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm younger than most of those guys by, I guess, about, by about five or six years. So, um, you know, automatically. Jealousy. Jealousy. Or, you know, I'm like the little brother. You always pick out the youngest guy, the little brother. So so there's that. Um, I know I, I do a lot of stuff. Uh, the other guys don't. They're kind of, you know, they stick. 
they stay in the comic shop they stay in their houses they don't really do all that much so whatever i do seems weird to them so <laughs> they always have to make fun of it it's like why would you why would you why would you do that i'm like why wouldn't i it's fun you know uh you know they they uh they live in a world where things like like karaoke and uber are weird you know it's like why would you hop into in a oh, they, they, they car don't, they don't leave they, they don't, don't get leave. it i'm like because it's easy and it's convenient <laughs> they're like what if something happens i'm like oh i was like yeah a lot of stuff can happen in the real world yeah i was like well they have safeguards against stuff like that and in the end the guy just wants to get you to where you where you're going he doesn't really want to mess with, and it's a whole thing and they you know they'll make fun <laughs> of me for that it's like yeah so talk to me about karaoke while we're on it what's your go-to um, I, I'm a, I'm a 80s, 90s kid. So, nice. you know, anything 80s, 90s, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely sing. Uh, my go-to karaoke song is, a, is by a band called Sister Hazel, which came out in the 90s. They have a song called All For You, which, um, most people don't remember until they hear it again. It's like, oh yeah, I know that song. It's, it's kind of catchy. You know, it was kind of, I mean, they got, had a couple of hits, but that's their big major hit. So yeah, that just brings back a lot of 90s nostalgia for me. I was like, shoot, what else, what else do I do? I know I just it's anything eighties, nineties, I'll definitely I'll definitely uh bust out. Um I was one of those guys for the longest time I would see people doing karaoke and I was like, Oh man, I would never do that. Like I know I can't sing. <laughs> I'll never get that drunk. Yeah, I'll ne- I know go. I'll make a fool out of myself. And for the longest time I was like, Oh man, why 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 would anyone do this? Like it's a, you know, it's like, oh why would you go up and embarrass yourself like that? But I was like, you know what, this is fun. It's all about it is fun. fun. I love the character. There's a, there's a bar I go to. It's walking distance. It just yeah. love the characters, and some of them you can just tell. Like the, the, the all week, I'm gearing up all week for oh, yeah. this. You know, oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I actually, when the pandemic hit, I couldn't perform because I couldn't go anywhere. I started no. getting drunk and doing karaoke in my living room. Yeah, and uh, I've been telling Chris about that. I've I've recorded about 150 maybe 160 songs wow. and i just recently cut like 30 40 seconds of each song together that's it's awesome an hour and 16 minutes i don't know what to do with it but it's called donkey Oki. it's something's gonna happen with it there's like three albums there's a christmas album in there chris that's i mean you, know, you launched it you could take this on tour where you do karaoke i'm with, telling with you I saw a, a performer, and I said, some of them are pretty close. I can do impressions, but I saw a guy named Danny Gans in Vegas many yep, years yeah, ago. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, there's no like kind of R-rated, funny Danny Gans. Maybe that's maybe that's my future. Uh, Danny Gans is a Vegas mainstay, my friends. Uh, you know, you know, he just uh, he may not get the the accolades or respect of say like a Wayne Newton or 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 yep or you know or um, he's a poor man's uh, Wayne. Britney Spears, but you know, he's a lot of fun, that guy. So. Oh yeah, he's great. So I'm at the Rio many, many years ago. It was funny. It was a girl I was dating and the guy is amazing. Does all these incredible singing yeah. impressions. And then uh, he's like, I'd like, to, I'd like to sing a song as Danny now. And we're like, let's go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't come to your yeah, you. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, we're we're good. Let's go. Let's go. We'll come back when you. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, do Sonata draw. Now look, oh, we got we veered off a little bit, but do you, uh, can you in your memory what what's what are those episodes that stand out to you? Do you have any favorites? Uh, I mean, my favorite one definitely. Uh, you know, bar none that stands above all else is uh, the episode where Stan Lee comes in, and um, yeah. I think what I love about Stan Lee was, uh, you know, for me, he created everything I love dear. You know, uh, the Marvel Universe just, you know, put comic books on the map. And then after that, he put comic book movies on the map. Um, no you know, that, the guy is uh, meeting Stan Lee is, you know, it's like meeting Walt Disney or like Mark Twain or, you know, anything, any iconic, super iconic storyteller, you know, in the history of time. And 
But, you know, to me, he's cooler than all of them because, you know, they didn't create the Hulk. They didn't create the Avengers. They didn't create the X-Men, you know, and it's pretty insane. All the things he came up with, which are now iconic. Um, I also love him because I look like my mom knows who Stan Lee is like anyone from an infant to, you know, 109 year old person, you know, the, the grandmother. They knew who Stan Lee is. So it's pretty cool when I'm at Comic-Cons, I have a couple of pictures of me and Stan Lee. And even the little kids were like, oh, wow. They don't care about me, but they're like, you met Stan Lee? I'm like, yeah, kid. Yeah, I met Stan Lee. And they want to hear about it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, he, he came in. Uh, if you watched the episode, they had me be the first person to greet him. Like, all right, he's going to pull up in a limo. He's going to come up to the door, like, you know, meet him at the door, introduce yourself give him a warm welcome and then lead him back to the back where everybody else is like, Oh, cool, man. I get, I get like first contact. Like this is really, really awesome. So, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, he came, he pulled up in a limo. I was like, Holy crap, he's here. I pull up in the door and, and he steps in and I remember him. It was really sunny out. So he's backlit. So it's like, like God walking through the door. Like, yeah, exactly. That was exactly what was going through my head at that point. It's like, holy crap, cool. like Stan Lee. Stan the man Lee is actually here. And I remember he's like, he came in. He was like, hey, how are you? What a swell store. I'm like, swell. It's great, great to meet you. Come on back. Meet the other guys. Meet the other guys. So uh yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, I'm I'm also fortunate because uh, he we he hung he hung around for like four hours. So we got a good four hours with Stan Lee. You know, we we shot our scenes with him. Uh, he stuck around. We had lunch with him, which was pretty cool. Uh, I learned that every day for lunch, he has an egg salad sandwich and a strawberry milkshake. Like, with, like clockwork. That's, of course he does. That's, that's what so he has. Weird. And I was like, holy crap, man. Like that, is this the secret to long life? Clearly. Man lived in the 95 and, you know, he ate high protein sandwiches with mayonnaise and milkshakes. And like, this could be it. This, you know, I, I don't need to work out. I don't need to take vitamins. Yeah, it sounds crazy enough to excel work. sandwich and a milkshake every day, and, it, and, it, and it'll all work out. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Stan did a lot of common conventions, and a lot of people got to meet him that way. But, and, you know, he had such long lines. You know, it'd be if you got there, usually it's about a three-hour wait to go meet Stan Lee. And, you know, they had to get a lot of people through. So you got, if you were lucky, got maybe one or two minutes with him in that scenario. Where, you know, we got to hang out with him for four hours. Yeah, at one point there was a break. He's like, hey, Mr. Leah, would you mind signing one or two things for us? It'd be really cool. And, you know, the one or two thing pile kept growing. Yeah. <laughs> growing. People started throwing stuff on the ground. another wheelbarrow. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, he didn't complain without hesitation. Just kept going. He knew. He knew. He knew everybody just wanted, we just wanted something. So he signed everything. Answered all our dumb questions. We're like, hey man, well, who would win a fight, man? Hulk, Incredible Hulk, or Thor, <laughs> man? Like, you know, can you? You're here. Can you give us a scoop? And he, uh, he was really good at phrasing things to be like, you know what? In the end, it would be, a, it'll be, it would be a draw. Yeah. Like, okay, so you can't, you, know, you can't answer that. That would, that would ruin everything. Well, that leads me into a question here. Who are, who are your favorite Marvel and DC characters? Uh, favorite Marvel. I really like Hawkeye. For some reason, he's not. Good. He doesn't really have any superpowers. Just really good at shooting a bow and arrow. He has, he's got a pretty good. Cool. My favorite Mash character. Yeah. Um. You know, in the beginning, he was, he was kind of a bad guy, and then you know he, he turned into a good guy, and uh, he's got a pretty cool backstory. So, uh, they lead, later kind of revamped his storyline into what you see in the uh the Marvel TV series, the Hawkeye series, where it's uh it's kind of a combination of comedy and humor 
and action. I yeah. think I like that a lot. Uh, I love Captain America. I love Daredevil. I think Daredevil's got a great, yeah. pretty cool, gritty backstory as well. Uh, I was always a big Daredevil fan as well. I want to say like all the Avengers, but I got to pick a couple of them. So, you know, yeah, Iron Man, Captain America for sure. Uh, yeah, I guess Hawkeye, Hawkeye gets thrown in there as well. He's an Avenger as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the X-Men I'm a big fan of. There's a, there's a very obscure X-Men character called Longshot and his, uh, his secret, secret power is he, he's got incredible luck. And I was like, whoa, that's it's really cool. Yeah, he had a six-issue miniseries that came out in the 90s. I've since met the creators. I was like, hey, man, you ever think we'll see a long shot on the big screen or a TV series? And they're like, man, you know, eventually, but it's gonna they're going to go through all the other characters first, so it might be a while. They'll like, get oh. to them. They're churning them out, man. Maybe a superpower will come up. Maybe you'll get lucky and uh, they'll move them up in the timetable. But <laughs> Hey, man, you're, you're like the long shot. Like all the luck you've had, all these amazing things. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of luck in my life. A lot of right place, right time, uh, which is why I think I love that character so much. So... It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, DC, yeah, I, I love Superman. I love Batman. Um, you know, the, the I guess the usual. I think people are always like Marvel or DC. I'm like, I think DC's got the better villains, but Marvel's got the better superheroes. So it's not 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 maybe a real answer, but that's how I, I that's how I usually answer that question. Seems pretty valid to me. So I, I read everything, man. I read, read everything. Uh, on the Marvel side, I love the what ifs, the what if comics that they 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 put out in the 70s and kind of continued it on. Uh, they made an animated series on uh, Disney Plus, which I really loved. Oh, I, I love that. I adored that series. It was amazing. I didn't read the comics, but it was so good. Yeah, the comics are really good. They got they got really dark. And I think what I love about the comics is they could do whatever they wanted because they're like, oh, that didn't really happen. That was just a what if one shot scenario. But a lot of those what ifs became storylines. Uh, you know, what if Jane Foster became Thor? That happened. Yeah. Uh, there's a what if Spider-Man joined the Avengers? that happened like a lot of them actually were like good enough they're like well why don't we just make this real so they did but i feel the conversations me and my friends get into are all what if scenarios and uh, we kind of built a whole tv show off of that so um yeah the the ones we came over the were, were way dirtier i think than the marvel ones um, <laughs> um yeah but you know if you watch this show yeah a lot of them kind of kind of went straight into the gutter but i think people love seeing that so <laughs> so I have to ask you, Ming. So, do you would you say your favorite view skew character is Brody? Because he kind of is like you're, I felt like you're describing Brody, Jason Lee's character. Yeah, and um, Brody's actually based off Walt Flanagan. So, um, if you watch Mallrats, Brody's always carrying around this little Dixie cup for some unknown reason, and uh, so apparently that's Walt Flanagan doesn't he won't he can't drink a full twelve ounce Coke. He um he gets those little <laughs> he always drinks those little six ounces. He's like he's like that's all I can drink at one time. Or I guess back in the day he would he would have like a little Dixie cup, um, full of whatever beverage he liked. It was so it was weird at the time. But I, I love that Kevin wrote that into a movie. Doesn't really explain it until you ask him later on in person. It's like, well, why does Brody have a Dixie cup for the whole movie? He's like, well, he's based off Walt Flanagan. Walt used to carry on to little Dixie. Great. That's so interesting. I, I wondered about that because I know there was a big thing with the Brody in action figure. One of them has a Dixie cup and one of them doesn't. I remember thinking, yeah. what's the deal with the Dixie cup? So that's, that's so funny. I'm learning something. Back in the day when uh, Kevin, Walt would go to the mall or go comic book shopping, he'd always have a Dixie cup full of whatever he was drinking. So, and uh, yeah, now that, now that, you know, Coke makes a little six ounce Coke cans, 
that's what he drinks now. So they 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 made like packaging just for him, I guess. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that I really related to Dante when I saw Clerks because I I was working a dead end job, had no idea what I wanted to do in life, and couldn't really commit to anything. And yet I would kind of complain about, oh man, my life, like, I, where's this going? Like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I, but I, I was just kind of content living that life as well. So uh, it wasn't until I saw Clerks, like, oh, wow, man, man, like, I'm just like this guy, Dante. Like, I don't, I've, I'm just kind of, you know, living life and not really worrying about anything else and not really committing to anything. Um, but yet I don't, I don't know what the bigger picture is. And, you know, it's okay to be a slacker. It's okay to not. <laughs> to just kind of you know you know if, if there's something bigger you'll find it later on but you had quite the journey ming so you you went from watching clerks watching dante identifying with dante to now yeah. almost 30 years later playing hockey against dante on the roof of the quick stop in clerks three so tell me what what is that like I yeah mean, that was pretty crazy so uh the the first clerks i think one of the stand, most standout scenes is uh you know they close the store to play, play hockey on the roof of the convenience store and to me, I, was, I, I always love that scene because I, I, I love sports. I love hockey. I would totally leave whatever job I was doing if I had to play a game, you know, whatever it was, to play a game for a couple hours. Yeah, I, I just know that feeling. It's like, oh, man, you know, me and my friends, we got to play pickup hockey today. Like, nothing's going to stop us. Not work, not logistics, like, not anything. And um, so the fact that, like, Kevin actually uh, put a hockey scene in a movie but on the roof of where the guy's working, I was like, wow, man, that's pretty brilliant. So, and then and just as a hockey fan, I was, I was really happy. Like, you know, everyone's wearing jerseys, you know, they're playing street hockey. It's, it's like something me and my friend would have, friends would have done. And um, so I, I always love that scene. Um, I love talking about that scene. I love meeting other people who love that scene. And then, yeah, fast forward uh, to last summer, uh, Kevin was like, Hey, we're going to put you guys in the movie. You and the rest of the comic book men, can you show up at the quick stop on this date at this time? Like, okay. And I get there and I'm like, Hey, what do you, what do you have us doing? Are we in the background? Like what's going on? He's like, no, no, no. I'm, we're shooting a hockey scene. We're doing another hockey game on the roof. Uh, you guys are going to be playing with Dante and Randall. I was like, Holy crap, man. Really? What? That's perfect. Like, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. So, uh, yeah, we all got hockey jerseys and, and, uh, climb up to the roof of the, of the store, and uh, I think the one thing I noticed up there was like, man, it is tiny up there. Like, there's no way you could play a real game up there. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, it's like, you know, maybe like 12 feet by 12 feet. But for the person who is a cinemum, it, you know, it looks, looks like you could play a real game up there. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. So we, it was um, me, Brian Johnson, Walt Flang, and Mike Sapsik uh, out there as the players. Uh, Randall's in goal. Don- uh, I got to face off against Dante, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're up there, we're, we're shooting the ball around and, uh, Cameron's like, you know, start trash talking. I'm like, oh man, I got this. I know. <laughs> start trash talking each other. Um, you know, start checking people, whatever, just, you know, make it look cool. So I did. It was pretty awesome. I think I saw you flip somebody off. Is that, that was you, right? Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah. I got to, <laughs> I got to face off against him. It, it was, it was great. It was perfect. Like if I was really playing against those two, which I guess I did. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have held back. I would be flipping off and trash talking. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you do when you play street hockey. You know, that's it's all it. You know, putting the putting the little orange ball in the into the other net, and also trash talking as good as you play. So part of the game, part of the game. And uh, 
I got to not only did I get to do it, but I got to do it in a Clerks movie uh, versus Dante and Randall. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So thank you, Kevin Smith, for thinking of us for that. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty awesome, man. Have you gotten to see the movie yet? I did. Uh, I saw it. It uh, premiered here uh, about a week ago, last Tuesday. And uh, so I bought, yeah, I bought tickets to the first showing. Uh, took a friend of mine who is also in the movie. He's um, yeah, I play. He's an extra in a couple scenes. But we went and uh, yeah, it was a great movie. Um, if you're a fan of Clerks, you're gonna love it. <laughs> if you're a fan of anything Kevin Smith, you're gonna love it. Uh, but I, I I just love um how personal it is. It's uh yeah. Anytime Kevin kind of calls from real life experience in his movies, uh, it it almost always works out for sure. You know, we don't want to spoil anything, but I got to tell you, Brian O'Halloran killed it in this yeah. movie. I mean, just the best performance he's ever done. And it, I, I was really, really impressed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're always joking around that we're at that point where we're just always busting each other's balls. He, we did a roast of Brian O'Halloran a number of years ago. And one of the roasters was like, oh man, you're, you're, you're such a great guy. Um, I, I'm such a big fan of your movie like one movie, like, you know, we kind of think of it, you know, you kind of think of it as he's done one thing. But if you look at his credits, though, he's, he's done a lot. He's has done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But we always make fun of him. He's in a M night Shyamalan movie called the happening. Yeah. About the killer trees and all that. And he's in a scene where he drives Mark Wahlberg around in the Jeep, but you never see his face. It's shot from the point of view. You see the back of his head and you see his eyes in the rearview mirror. So we're, we're always joking. It's like, Hey, think they'll put you in a movie where, you know, you get, you get to see your, your face this time. You know, where, you know, it's like, you know, if you look at it, like, is that even you? Like, you you know, <laughs> did you dub this? But I will tell you, I saw that in the theaters. And yeah. as soon as that came up, I'm like, it's Dante. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the theater. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're, we're always busting his balls. But, you know, the guy's a, a really great actor, though. He's a, he's a real bona fide actor. And uh, I, I think Clerks 3 is probably one of his favorite, his finest acting performances for sure. I, I think it is his finest uh, yeah. performance for sure. I haven't seen you know everything, but Brian's a really good dude. He's always been uh, very supportive of all my stuff. Oh yeah, for uh, sure, so he's, for he's sure. A, a great patron of the arts, I will say. Yeah, he gets it. Um, you know, he does his own content creation, and he's always willing to hop on other people's stuff as well and and uh, promote and and help them out as well. So yeah, it's cool. We see each other at conventions main, mainly now, and it's uh it, it's always fun. Um, being at the convention with him and then afterwards like hey man let's go grab a drink man let's go let's go find some fun so uh, usually he's up for that as well he, he loves karaoke as well so um nice yeah we're, we're <laughs> many many reasons to love the guy sure sure and you mentioned um conventions so you go to a lot of conventions <laughs> pretty much like every weekend you're at a convention almost every weekend yeah uh i think you meet a lot of people who are not in the convention world they're like wow are, are there a lot of these conventions i'm like Every weekend, somewhere in the world, that's, there's at least one convention, if not five or six. And they're like, wow, there are that many? Like, you know, in their head, there's San Diego, there's New York, and that's it. Like, oh, no, 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 no. There's a convention every weekend somewhere in the world, whether it be like, you know, Fayetteville, Arkansas, or, or Birmingham, Alabama, or, you know, or the big ones. So I started going to conventions when I was a kid. They weren't like they are now. You know, back then they were in like church basements and VFW halls and, there would be, you know, two really weird dudes with comic book long boxes and maybe one guy with some old toys somewhere. And like, that was it. But, you know, those two weird guys, they'd be able to fill in holes in your convention or in your collection, like whatever you're trying to complete, you know, like an amazing Spider-Man run or something. It's like, oh man, maybe that, that guy's got, you know, the ones that I'm missing. And, uh, 
just come out to my van. Yeah, yeah, come out <laughs> to my van. I got I got another long box in there, and I was like, "Hey, are you about a size? Are you about a size 14? He's like, "Yeah, why?" He's like, "Keep going, keep going." Uh, yeah, and I guess maybe 10, 15 years ago, you know, these things started exploding where they're held in actual convention centers, and they weren't, you know, from like two to four p.m. on a Saturday. They're three, four, sometimes five day affairs, and they got they got really huge. And um, I think timing wise, as far as we, I I went, started uh, you know the convention started looking for guests, and they got you know they 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 got really huge, and uh, yeah, we started getting invited. And I was like, holy crap, I don't have to pay to go to a con now. I don't you know they'll they'll fly me out and they'll uh, yeah I get to like I get to go for free. Like I don't have to buy a ticket. This is awesome. Of course, yeah, of course I'll go. And um, yeah, it, it got to be a thing where I was like, "Wow, man, these conventions are fun." But they're basically they're three day, like geek part geek parties. They're three day full on parties for geeks, like all weekend. I'm like this is this is even better than I imagined. So, um, so I started I, I started going in 2014, 2013, 14, and they just got bigger and bigger, and and the like. Uh, back in the day, like if you got invited as a guest to appear at a comic book convention, uh, it pretty much meant your 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 career was over acting wise. You know, you were just kind of, uh, you know, you were in something that came out 30 years ago. Maybe somebody remembers you. And that was a thing. But now it was like, if you're somebody, if you're doing well, if you're in a hit show, then you're, you know, that was the caliber of guests getting invited to conventions. Like you, it was almost a sign that you made it. That you know, if you're getting into a, a comic book convention, for me though, I would you know it was a chance for me to meet people on my favorite movies and TV shows all in one place. Um, I remember I would go to like the green room to get lunch. And I was like, holy crap! Adam West from Batman '66 is talking to Stan Lee, who is talking to you know the dude from The Walking Dead. Um, you know who who is all you know who's talking to you know Lindsay Wagner from bionic woman like it or and it was this weird fever dream of of fandom it was like <laughs> it was like i woke up in heaven and like these are the people there almost like this it was like my dream party guests all in one place like holy crap man this is really cool so yeah i think once i started going i was like hey man how, how do i get into more of these i want to go to all of them so kind of worked my way you know um started meeting people ran conventions and and, and just kind of networking and um yeah, now I go almost every weekend now. It's pretty awesome. Big, small, like it doesn't matter. Uh, I just got back from one in Canada, which was cool. And uh, yeah, it's really kind of taking me around the country, around the world. So as a geek, I'm like, just kind of like, what's fandom like in other parts of the country? What's fandom like in, say, like Edinburgh, Scotland, or, you know, like Northwest Canada? Like, are the is fandom the same out there? And uh, I find people just as rabid for the stuff that I like, no matter where I'm at. And uh, even for the places where maybe it's harder to get, you know, steady supply comic books or pop culture, they'll go through any length to to get the new issues or or back issues. Like for them, uh, though, not even do they not only do they try harder, but when you, when you come to a convention, then they can get to they appreciate it more. So their fandom's even greater. So I'm like, wow, this is really cool, man. So so yeah, I'm I'm trying to just get to every one of these around the world. So yeah, I'll get there eventually. Very cool, man. Hey, let me ask you, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to start a podcast? What, what, what would you tell them? Somebody just I, start um, now. I, so I think a lot of people, uh, they, they, you know, they want to start, they don't know where to start. So, and then, you know, you kind of look into it and uh, it's, it's starting now is 
a lot easier than it was, you know, say five years ago. The technology has improved. Yeah. Um, companies that make gear are making gear geared specifically for podcasting. Before you would have to go and get gear for recording music or you know whatever was out there, and it was a lot more expensive, and it had a bunch of stuff that normal podcasters didn't even need to use. Yeah, my advice is the you know, I think now you can hit a you can throw a stone and hit someone who's who's probably started a podcast or you know. Um, so I I was I was like, hey, go and ask, get advice um, from people you know who've started a podcast. Uh, I love that the podcast community, everyone's very helpful. Um, there are no, you know, they're, they're no one's standoffish. Everyone's been kind of to that point where, uh, you know, maybe they made a couple of mistakes or, you know, they're, they're really willing to tell you what gear they bought and how they got started and give you all the advice that they can give you. So you can start, it's a very inclusive community for sure. So, and there's no shortage of people who will help you either online or in real life for sure. So, uh, I tell people, you know, people are like, well, what should I podcast about? I'm like, definitely talk about what you love. Um, when you talk about what you love, you're basically an expert at it. And you could probably record a hundred episodes on whatever you're you're really into. Yeah, a lot of people worry about, oh man, is is you know, I love this, but is it too obscure? You know, well, people, you know, is there an audience for this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, the more obscure it is, the better, because you'll you'll find that audience somewhere in the world that also loves it as much as you do. That's your core audience right there. That's people who hang on every episode. Those are the people who will be able to relate to you. And then you're going to get people who maybe aren't initially aren't as into what you're talking about on your podcast, which is great because you're educating them. You're opening up their eyes to a whole world that either they didn't know much about or they, they knew nothing about. And, uh, you know, you're kind of like the ambassador. You're going to get them into it. And uh, and that's how you're going to increase your audience. So it's uh. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty cool. And then you know, I'm just like, you know what? If you're recording, say whatever you want. Don't hold back. Um, you know, if you said something that maybe you don't want out there, you can cut it out like it never happened. Um, uh, but I think what I love about the podcast format is you're you're pretty much you're free to say anything. You know, you put your own you put your foot in your mouth. It's your own job to get it out. You know, no one. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I really love about it, there you know, there are no restrictions. There's no station manager or whatever telling you what you can and can't say. There's no FCC saying, oh, you can't say this, you can't swear, you can't. And I, I really love that this format, there there aren't really any rules. You know, you can go three minutes for an episode, you can go three hours an episode. Yeah. And you talk about whatever you want. You can tell whatever story you want. Yeah, you know, you can start dropping names if you want. You know, whether, you know, if there are consequences, hey, that's up to you, you know, but... <laughs> I, you know, I, I always thought it was funny. It's like, hey, if you offend someone in, in whatever episode you are, you, you you just recorded, great. The next episode might be the apology episode. Uh, sorry you know? about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. You know, I got carried away, but it's a podcast. Or, um, you know, that, that can lead to any other things. But uh, I think when people have no restrictions, they talk way more freer. Dig your own holes, figure out a way to get out of it. Yeah, and it's a good way to really gauge what a person's all about. You know, it's... uh. You know, it's definitely by the stories they tell and, and what they say or how they're feeling at the time. Um, and it's funny. We call it podcasting free therapy. Yeah. Um, some people just come <laughs> and invent. Um, part of the reason I started was I, I, I wanted to podcast about geek things, geek topics, uh, and mainly uh, movies, mainly. So, you know, Marvel put out a really great movie. You know, the first thing we would do is come back after the movie and podcast about how great it was. It's like, oh, man, uh, Black Panther, man. Holy, they nailed it. What, it was great Wakanda forever, you know, uh, you know, we, we would talk about everything we loved about it. 
Yeah. But on the flip side, if a movie sucked, we would re- we couldn't wait to to get together <laughs> and and just vent about it. And I was like, oh man, how could they screw this up? Like this, this, this what were they thinking? Um, you know, uh, you know, Batman versus Superman, the Justice League. Those are ones that you know we would we just railed on for hours about how they screwed it up and how you know how they just didn't get it right. And I remember afterwards just feeling so much better. It was like we were sitting on a psychiatrist's couch, just be like, "All right, tell me how you really feel." It's like, "Well, doctor, it sucked, and this is why it sucked." And yeah, and it just you didn't get an angry text from Ben Affleck. I did not. No, I I think he even he knew so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. I think even he knew, but you know, the difference between that was uh, he was able to cash that paycheck at the end and be like, "Well, I earned this, I guess." So, um, but I think the difference with that is, uh, you know, we record, you know, you record all that, put it out to the world, and you know, you have a potentially a whole worldwide audience that either agrees or disagrees with you. You know, you have this avenue where you're able to distribute and have people listen to it, and I, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's better than the, you know, the inane bar conversations we would have at the end of the night where, you know, th- those conversations just go to the ether and they never, right. they never kind of, you know, that's it. And uh, I love now that there's a means to record and distribute it and it's pretty easy. So yeah, for anybody out there wanting to start a show, if you need help, you know, people like me are here, you know, you can hit me up on social media, send me an email um yeah a shared universe for sure tell us about a shared universe a little bit about that so a shared universe is something me and a fellow comic book man cast member mike zapic started about four years ago and then we just kind of realized that one we're having so much fun podcasting and creating content like we can't be the only ones who love this as much like you know there are other people who who would love doing this like why don't we show them how much fun this is for one Two, we uh, you know, we we've had a podcast called I Saw Comics running for about twelve years. Um, eventually, we would start going to comic you know, comic cons, or just being out in the public. We would meet people going, "Hey, I love your podcast. How do I start my own?" Like, oh man, that's a great question. I can tell you in about ten or fifteen minutes, I guess, how to start. But you know, what I think what would really be great is uh, you know, if we ever open up a studio or a classroom. And taught like a real like one or two hour class, and uh, we'd always kind of joked about doing that. And then one day we were like, you know what, screw it, let's do it. Let's rent some cheap office space. We'll throw our gear in there, and uh, we'll open it up as a studio. You know, something that we could rent out by the hour, help people record and launch podcasts. We'll have all the gear, all the knowledge. You know, they don't have to worry about any of that. They just come in with their co-host, maybe a guest. And record their episodes every week. We didn't know if it would work or not. We didn't, you know, it was, it was a very weird and very new idea. I think in the end, we were, we kind of said, listen, if no, even if nobody comes, we have a space to record our own shows. So at the very least, we'll have our own studio. But, you know, it'd be great if we set out to do what our initial idea was. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, people started coming. We got the word out. Yeah, now we have two locations. And uh, yeah, we have people coming in like all day. Very cool. To, uh, either record podcasts, some of them on video, some of them on live stream. So it's been pretty cool. I mean, it, it definitely we we definitely set out to do what we thought, uh, you know, could happen in our heads. And uh, yeah, I would love to open more of these up uh, around the world. Really, I think there are a lot of people who don't want to mess with you know cables and and recording gear, and you know, getting it online distributed is easier now, but still, you know, not you know, it's not like press a button, you're online, you know. 
and even even if it was that easy, I think a lot of people wouldn't want to mess with it. So, but uh, that's the kind of stuff I love doing. So, yeah, I think the key is too is just do it. Yeah. Like, oh look yeah. What you did? Look what you did all those years ago. You had something that that moved you and 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 piqued your interest, and you just took a shot and you yeah. did something, and you just kind of a good example of maybe creating your own reality for a couple decades, man. It's it's a really cool thing. And it's, it's really just that easy of just taking a shot. And like, like what you said, pick something that you're passionate about. I just started a fantasy football podcast. I've been doing it 33 years, fantasy football. And man, I was like, well, what are we going to talk about? It goes by like that. Yeah. If you're into something, there's no lack of, of topics. You know what I'm saying? If, if yeah, it's the you're one an expert. that you're really into. And uh, what a great format. Like that, that, like that'll go on forever. That could potentially yeah. go on forever. That, that show there's always there always be there's always going to be football and there's always going to be fantasy football that's it man and uh you know i mean the great debate is uh you know how's this guy going to do uh you know this this team versus this team you know and there, there's always so much drama in football too yeah you're guessing yeah the pros your professional guy i don't care what how many stats you look at you're guessing you know yeah. it's an educated yeah yeah, yeah, guess yeah you're totally guessing team. just some guys are easier to guess on and, and bet on than others but exactly yeah, it's so much fun though. It is fun. Have fun. Yeah, do stuff that you like. That's, Isn't that what that's, we're doing, Chris? Absolutely, man. This is we're living proof right here. That's it. Do we have uh? Do we have some audience fan questions? We oh to? man, really? Yeah, you got. You know, you have fans, Ming. Uh, so I've heard. Yes. <laughs> Wondering what uh, they've asked. All right, so here we go. Anthony Mendoza. Says, are you working on any projects like a Ming show where you travel to cons? It would be cool. Uh, well, Anthony, yeah, the uh, people are like, well, what do you really want to do besides the podcast and going to cons? And um, I think the answer I came up with it, I, is I, I was like, you know what? I'd love to be the next Anthony Bourdain, basically, um, but with a cup with a with a geek twist. And uh, yeah, I think the idea people were like, why don't you, be cool if you went to conventions and just kind of documented those great idea and uh, i would love to do that but also to me going to a convention is going to the convention but it's also what happens after the convention you know we always go out we always find we always find adventure afterwards whether it be you know the local dive bar or whatever hidden space that all the locals hang out at yeah. that's pretty much where i want to want to go to and every city's got a bunch of gems in it some of them you really have to dig for you know, so, you know, some cities are completely hopeless until you start asking around. It's like, well, what do you, what do you guys do for fun? It's like, oh man, let me, I'm, let me take you to this dude's house that you know he, he, you know, he does a, a underground punk show every Saturday night. Like, oh man, all right, hold up, like we, we gotta bring beer, right? Let's go grab some beers and we'll bring, we bring them over. You know, stuff like that. That's I would love to chronicle that. Kind of working on it, but uh, you know, you know, it's easier said than done. But um. That's, you know, that's something I would, I would really love to do. And then, you know, these comic conventions, there are other guests there. So I'd love to, you know, maybe each week grab, you know, like a Michael Rooker from, from Walking Dead or Marats or whatever, or, you know, we'll grab like Chris Hemsworth from Thor. It's like, hey man, you want to come party with us? That's great. And, uh, and then we would get into some kind of adventures, maybe a mishap or two. I don't know, but it'd be great for TV. That yeah, that's something that I would I would really love to do. It's always a constant battle to get back on TV, so we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think that would be cool. I think that would be cool. And uh, finally, we have a question from uh, Mr. Vinny Pereira, ah. who asks, "What was it like to be in a scene with the one and only hot goalie?" 
<laughs> so Vincent Pereira played the goalie uh, in Clerks 3. He's on our team, the Leonardo Reapers. Uh, he started dubbing himself the hot goalie, which I kind of laughed at until I watched the credits of Clerks 3. And sure enough, he's credited as the hot goalie. So <laughs> I think somehow he's like, hey, Kevin, can you just credit me as the hot goalie? Like, I'm just credited as hockey player, which is great. But uh, he got his own credit up there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to be on such hotness and keep and concentrate. Vincent, but, uh, but I, you know, I toughed it out, my friend, and uh, I got through it. So, yeah, Vincent Prayer is also known as a view askew historian. He's been, uh, him and friends were, him and Kevin were friends ever since the days of the quick stop. He was the mop boy back in the day. He would mop up the quick stop, but he was also really, really into film. So he, he kind of guided Kevin into the more hardcore filmmaking aspects. So I think Vin- Vincent was always a guy talking about like aspect ratios and uh, you know, anamorphic, you know, film framing and, and uh, you know, this director and that director and, and all that. So I think he uh, he was a major influence in Kevin Smith as a filmmaker. So, yeah, don't count him out for sure. Don't count out the goalie ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a good dude. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but like... Oh, you guys would get along great. Uh, you know, you two as fellow filmmakers. Yeah, he's pretty hardcore. Yeah. Well, he's a great friend on Facebook and that's with, with a lot of guys now, like it's, it's great that we can build so many great connections over social media and yeah. just, uh, I mean, this whole, this whole podcast exists because of social media. Most of the folks on this podcast, I message on Facebook. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, that, that's something I tell other podcasters like, Hey, if you're looking for that dream guest or somebody you don't think you can get hit them up on social media, there's a good chance that, that they'll say yes. Especially during the pandemic, I told everyone, like, start reaching out because these people, they're at home, they're not working. And they're, they're not only the, are they dying to talk to somebody else, they're dying for the attention. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I joked, it's like, you know, these are some of these people are used to going to premieres or, you know, just getting fawned over. And now they can't do any of that. This is one way for them to kind of recapture that while we're being locked down. And, uh, yeah, Lomio, I saw like Kevin hopped on like random podcasts. Saw a lot of big names just happening on random podcasts during the pandemic. And why? Just because people asked them to. And uh, they're, I mean, really, they're just dying for, for people to fawn over them and talk to them. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that continues for sure. For sure. Let us know where the people can find you. Where can they uh, see you? Go, go to your social media. Where can they purchase your stuff? I am all over social media. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever. Uh, I am at Ming Chen thirty seven. M I N G C H E N thirty seven. Uh, yeah, I post. I post a lot. You're gonna get a lot of food pictures, but I that's my life. I like to eat. I travel to eat. I live to eat. So, <laughs> but you'll see me on my other adventures as well. The podcast studio is at ashareduniverse.com. If you want help with podcasting, uh, if you're in the New Jersey area, definitely come down to the studios. But uh, like me and these gentlemen are doing, we can line up stuff virtually as well. Uh, the technology is there, very easy to use and very easy to connect with other people and guests. And, you know, you, it's like you, t- you two guys are in the room with me. You know, there are no barriers anymore, especially with distance. And uh, yeah, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, definitely, definitely hit me up for sure. Very cool idea, man. Can, good luck with that. Continued Thank success you. to you. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time yeah. and having this cool conversation oh, yeah, absolutely. with us. And thanks, Chris, for setting it up. And uh, we really appreciate you, brother. Continued success. And 
keep creating your own world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, hopefully one day, you know, we get to sit together in person, microphones and some in and out burger. And then and, hit that and, dive bar afterwards. Yeah. Dive bar afterwards, my friends. So yeah. That sounds sure. great. That sounds good, man. Hey, thanks so much, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Appreciate oh, you yeah. taking the time. And uh, next time I'm up in Jersey, I'll hit you up. Oh yeah, no, we're definitely podcasting. No question. Yes. No question. All right, brother. Thanks, Thank All right, you buddy. so much. All right. Well, that was a delight. Always great to see uh, somebody I know. Um, what's really funny about Ming is I, I forgot to mention this. So I met Ming maybe almost 20 years ago. I was I went to Count Basie Theater in Jersey for Kevin Smith Q&A. It was his longest Q&A he's ever done in history, I believe. It was like a seven hour Q&A. Oh, my God. God bless my dad. He drove me and my brother because we were, we were, I mean, I was like about 20. I was 19, about 19. He took us to go see him. And it was also daylight savings time. So we were losing an hour as well. So we stayed, I guess the show started at seven. We didn't get done till like two at the show. Like he just kept, he answered every question for everybody. And it just was like, but if it, it flew by, it was crazy. Uh. And then afterwards he went back to Jane Silent Bob's secret stash and he met, and just as Ming was saying, he, he met and signed for everybody until the last person left. And so we got in there about like three or four. And so my memory of Ming is he's he's the door guy. Right. <laughs> so my, my dad and my brother and I are waiting there. And Ming just keeps saying, oh, five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. <laughs> you know, and it just kind of became a running gag. And it's just so funny that he's a friend now. But that's, that's my first experience uh, with him. And Kevin, he he stayed till the last person left. He stayed till seven a.m., which I thought wow. was was wild. We got out at like five, but such a great community. Such a uh, I'm I'm really just thrilled to be a part of it. Really, really awesome fan community, and um, and it's really cool to hear personally what a cool guy he is. Like to do stuff like that for your fans, it's always great to hear yeah what the people are really like. So yeah, it's a great it's a great community. It's a great world, and uh, that was a great conversation. Yeah, you have to wonder if you know Kevin would have the community he has now without Ming because he yeah, was you know. just such a he was so ahead of his time with Ming and right uh, doing the stuff online because I I think I mean when I went to go see Clerks three I mean it is packed like every show is packed and it's like it's the the third installment of a movie from thirty years ago and he's yeah. it's still going so strong so you know I think a lot of that is just how Kevin utilized Ming to build the community which is is very very cool. Yeah. And anybody out there has an idea or you got a passion, take a shot. Look what happened yep. to me. Look what happened to him. It's been a pretty cool couple uh, couple decades. So yeah. Uh we really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. And uh we look forward to having you many, many more times here on season two of Dunkle Vision. And check us out on, uh, whether you listen to us or watch us, check us out at anchor.fm slash dunklevision, youtube.com slash dorkdaily. Uh, if you would like to support us, go to patreon.com slash dorkdaily, uh, or check out some of our merch at dorkdaily.com slash dunklevision. A lot of dorks and dunks in there. Um, dorks and dunks. There's more dorks merch and dunks. right there. There we go. Dorks, dorks and dunks. for dunk. Let's work on that. Oh, I love that. That's let's, great. Let's mock me up. Mock me up a uh, logo. Dorks for dunk. All right. <laughs> I guess I'm the first one. So there you uh, go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. We will see you next time. Thank you.